Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I am your host. And I am excited about today's guest. We have the one and only Cheryl Eisenhower. And Cheryl is a certified Ziggler legacy trainer and Ziggler coach. The Zig Ziggler is who I'm talking about. So stay with us. You're going to love this story. And we are back. Let me bring Cheryl on. Cheryl, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm grateful that you're here. So we're going to break through some walls today, Cheryl. Let's, let's, um, you know, I, I, you know, this, I started this show about three years ago now. I'm, I'm coming up on close to 400 people I've interviewed and, um, it's been absolutely amazing. And I think that that we, as humans, we have a tendency of healing our own stuff by hearing other how other people did it, right? Wow. So, so, so why don't we start out with where you were born and raised? Well, actually, I was born in a little town. Well, not out in town, literally, country. And uh, I was born near Mount Pleasant, North Carolina, actually in Concord. But, um, yeah, grew up in the country, you know, the pipe, the sunshine in kind of country. But it was really cool. It makes it gives you a lot of strength to be country raised. Yeah, it's, it's so beautiful down there. Thank it you. Is, it's just beautiful. So so you um, you were you were raised in the country. Mm -hmm. as like as you could get yeah so how how what was that like like did you what did your parents do for work did they were they in farming what would they do no my mom was a stay-at-home mom as many were back in those years um I, excuse me my dad was a contractor from the time he got out of service until he got sick in his last couple of years but other than that, we were just, you know, we were country family. My grandfather had a chicken farm. Uh, he oh, and my grandmother, they raised chickens. And so eggs were the fresh things to us. I mean, I, the worst thing I ever had to do was learn to eat chicken that had been frozen. But uh, then the other one had the pigs and the cows. So I really didn't know what grocery stores were back then. It was pull it out of the freezer. Wow. So did I mean y'all like grew your own vegetables and all that too, huh? These hands have seen many a hoe. <laughs> so 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 you learned at a young age how to work hard. Probably younger than most. My yeah. dad, um, I was laying brick at six years old. Wow. My dad had no gender, so it was didn't matter what you were, you went and learned how to carry brick when you were five and learn them when you were six. Wow. 
So, so where is that where you went to school and, and did you, did you, I'm assuming you graduated from school down there? I did. I went to Mount Pleasant high school or Mount Pleasant, all three schools. Yeah. Um, that, that was when all schools were in one location. They're not like that anymore, but I did graduate from there. Went off to um, college to Greensboro for a computer technology quit in six months with a 99.98 average and decided it wasn't what I wanted to do. Wow. So you walked out of college. Best thing mm -hmm. I ever did. <laughs> smart. Very smart. So you, so you, um, you realized that, that college wasn't for you. Um, what, so what was, what, where'd, where'd you go after leaving college? It wasn't so much that the college wasn't for me. It was what was going on in college. You got to imagine being raised in the country. Your morals are totally different from what goes on in something like that. I, I number one, I wasn't used to it. I didn't like it. And with the average of grades I had, they had me doing running programs for like belts and pennies and things like that. So I went to school all day and ran a program store. 10, 11, 12 o'clock of the night. And it just, that just wasn't for me. I wanted something else. Wasn't sure what I wanted, but anyway, came back home, did like most country girls did. It wasn't long before I ended up getting married and had two great kids. And wow, my son was four weeks old and he decided he didn't want to be a father anymore and departed. So I became a single mom. Wow. <laughs> And this was, was, um, so you had, t but your son, so your son was your second one. My son was my second one. I had a four year old and a four week old. Oh my Lord. It wasn't bad. That was <laughs> the second best thing that ever happened. I think. What him leaving? Probably because it, everything I've ever done because of, I think of adversity. And so, um, I cried one day because I was scared. I was 24 or barely 24 with two children. Uh, never, what you'd say, done any public work. So the first day I cried, the second day I got mad. The third day I had my uncle take against his better judgment, take me around to some of his contractors because I was going to hang wallpaper. Woke up that morning, decided it was what I was going to do. And wallpaper. Wallpaper. Oh. I was the first female in the state of North Carolina to have a construction crew on site. If that gives you an inkling of my age. But I wow. did that. I did that for 22 years after being told by many people you couldn't do it. I 22 years hanging wallpaper? I did. I went from residential. I, I always did residential, but I went from residential to multifamily to commercial. And I loved every day of it. If this body would still do it, I'd still be doing it. Hang wallpaper. Loved it. I've done that. I hate that. <laughs> the thing about it is, Ken, you did it because it was work. I did different story. There's nothing like going into this blank screen and it being dirty and nasty and unreal. And then when you walk out, it's something really pretty 
and you know you did it. Yeah. And that was every day, all day long. And so, again, was um, probably different from most women, most anybody, because the reason I did really well at hanging wallpapers because people like you didn't enjoy doing it. Right. I, I, exactly. Because I would never, I, 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 mm -mm. anyway, so, um, I, yeah, I only did it one time and I was like, and I'm, I'm, I, I remember having to like rip it all down and start over because it was all whopper jawed. And I'm like, this, this is ridiculous. So, so did you, I mean, did you build a, a pretty big company then? I was running three trucks in three states. I was working in three different states. I had nine on staff. I didn't want anything any bigger. I enjoyed it the most when I did it by myself, but uh, it just got out of hand and I had no choice, but I never became the overseer. I worked the whole 22. So it was, I would, I would not give up that part. I know you've always got your leadership, your bosses. I, I never felt that way. I was just one of the guys. So did, but did it, did you, were you making good money? I was making a man's salary at 26. Good for you. Uh, I had, I was told more than once that no woman can do it and make it. And I, I'm probably sure you can't imagine this, but I was slightly cocky in those years. Nah, I, can't, I don't see that. <laughs> I mean, I would look, I, I got to the point, I just, I had so much going, I could refuse work if I wanted to. And my answer was always, well, if you don't want me to do it, find someone else. And it was always, well, let your husband do it. I said, there's not a husband. This is me. <laughs> If you want to die, I can give you references, but um, see ya. But yeah. was, could I afford to lose some of that work? No, but the other, the, that other side of me just kicked in and the mouth ran. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so you know what though, that that's um, you blazed your own trail in this world and what in the world made you think i'm gonna go hang wallpaper did somebody like say hey we need wallpaper hung do you did they i mean what what made you decide on that day that you decided i'm gonna hang wallpaper for a living uh maybe that well maybe it is a story to share i walked in my bathroom which i had wallpaper yeah and i'm sitting there and you know you do a lot of thinking there and i'm sitting there <laughs> okay uh no money because he he took all the money. I had two kids and a lot of food in the cabinet. And it's like, what are you going to do? And I don't know. The whip, As um, our good friend would say, I think it was just a whisper. And because mm. I looked up at the wallpaper and that's what I'm going to do. And I was hell bent at that point. I, I was not taking no for an answer. And Basically, I did it because I was told I couldn't. And like a lot of things I've done in my life, was that was done for the same reason. Yep. Wow. So you decided in that moment while um, doing your business. <laughs> no, I was gonna, just thinking. <laughs> but did you, I mean, so, but like, it, it wasn't like it just like all of a sudden you're like, 
you got nine or 10 employees or whatever and, and all these trucks. I mean, you had to market it, right? Like you didn't just like that in that moment, you're like, oh, I got a new wallpaper job. Cause like, right. 22 years and never advertised. But how did you get work? Well, the first job was my uncle taking me after a lot of discussions to okay. talk to his contractor. Oh, that wasn't the beginning. That was just going to meet. His name was Rayvon Allman. Actually ended up working. He was one of my clients for 22 years, actually. Wow. But I walked up and he, like my uncle, my uncle said, this is my niece. She wants to hang wallpaper. And Rayvon, just as my uncle had done, said, honey, you can't do that. <laughs> so in my other side, I said, watch me. And I looked over at my uncle Reese and I said, this, this is no sense. Let's go talk to somebody else. <clears throat> uh, you're, I don't, do you remember the big old bag phones? Oh yeah. I used Ray, to sell those. Rayvon, I think had one of the first bag phones and it rang at that exact moment and he walked away, but he was, he's a little petite man, but you could hear him screaming, blah, 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 blah. And I heard the word wallpaper mentioned in there. And Rayvon walked back over, put his hands on his hip and said, what are you doing tomorrow? And I said, well, I guess I'm hanging your wallpaper. <laughs> now you've got to imagine I had no tools, no vehicle oh to take it in. Oh my God. No anything, a four-year-old or a four-year-old and a four-week-old I had no babysitter for. So. Uh, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Wait a minute. Like after you have a baby, you're supposed to have like a six week rest period minimum. Maybe not. <laughs> I, didn't have one. I, I didn't have two extra weeks. Okay. Oh, that's unbelievably awesome. I went back home and got all the stuff I needed. Found someone to keep the kids at four 30 that morning. I had my children at the babysitter at five 30. I was sitting in Charlotte. Six o'clock, wow. I started work, and that was the beginning of 22 years. In the morning, 6 a.m., mm -hmm. you go on with your bad self. So you did that for 22 years. Man, I need to have you come up here and look at my office here, I think. <laughs> but so, so, um, wow, that's incredible. Well, I'm I did sure have a break What's that? I had, I had a break in there. I, okay. Construction bottomed out, needless to say, yeah, in the yeah. late 70s, early 80s. I think we all remember that recession. And construction got bad. So I needed something else to do because I got scared. I, it hadn't slowed down. So I decided to drive a tractor trailer. So I went and got drive my... A tractor trailer. I went and got my, my CDLs, got my CDLs, uh, ran North Carolina to California, logged 230,000 miles and gave my keys back and went back to hanging wallpaper. 230,000 miles over like how long of a period? Three, four years. Can't remember. Then I went right back and finished my 22 years. You know, um, <laughs> Look at what do you know this guy? Who is this guy in, in here giving you grief? <laughs> um, 
<laughs> so I told him I'd hire him somebody good. <laughs> you're like, you want that wallpaper, huh? You better find somebody besides your wife to do it, buddy. So so stop being a cheapskate, Jerry, and hire somebody. <laughs> so I'll get right. to it. That's the promise. I we'll, said we'll, we'll give it right back to him. So 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 you um you drove tractor trailer too. Mm-hmm. That is unbelievable. So what in the world made you decide to do that? That was the next best thing to having money to feed my children with because I knew and I kind of woke. Well, actually, I had gotten remarried and he had said something about driving a tractor trailer. And I thought to myself, self, that sounded like a pretty good job. Second whisper. Went and got my CDLs and gets him bitching all the way. Wait a minute. So he didn't he didn't want you to, or he did want you to? He did, did not. And you so you drove tractor trailer and you had two kids though. They how old were they at this point? Uh, they were oh god, that would have put David about five and Lori about eight, nine. And you're driving cross country. Where were the kids in the back up in the the sleeper sleeper thing? (laughs) My that ex-husband at that time, um, he had a brother and sister and they had they were getting ready to lose their house. And she was probably the best mother. She had two children identical to the age of mine. And they she was the she was a cookie cutter mom. I don't know if you one of those. My idea of cookie cutter is a bag from Food Line. Hers was doing it all. So we had a conversation, and I took our the garage that we had at that time and built it into a bedroom. They moved into our into the house. I paid all the bills for them keeping my kids. Wow. And then when I got home, it was 24-7 with my kids till I had to get back in the truck and leave again. And how often were you getting back in the truck and leaving again? Um, I was guaranteed every weekend home. I was turning California in five days and four hours. <laughs> that is, that's just bad assery on a whole new level, Cheryl. Wow. <clears throat> So did I drive legal? Probably not. Yeah. So, so, um, well, so you've seen a lot of the country, (laughs) which is is, close and personal. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty cool to do, to drive across this country. So, so, um, and from North Carolina to California, that pretty much covers the entire country. So, so, um, so you 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 did that for you said three or four years and then you you turned in your keys so did you were you an employee or an owner operator um we use their trucks okay so you turn in your keys and you go back to hanging wallpaper because the construction's coming back started back the very next day when i got back made one phone call to ravon again actually said you're interested. I'm back. He said, let me call this guy and tell him that I got somebody else. And I started right back where I stopped. 
So he got rid of his uh, his other wallpaper hanger. Oh my god! I made an impression. Okay, I was good. You're, you're brutal. So so um, <laughs> so you go back into the wallpaper business and probably seeing your kids a whole lot more, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, and and then um, and 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 where did things go after that? Eventually you got out of the wallpaper business. I know what you do now, uh, well, to a degree. And I know, um, I've been to y'all, your, your, your home and <laughs> wow. Um, what a beautiful home that you guys have. It's amazing. Your backyard. I, I joke all the time, say your backyard looks like a, a resort hotel. It's, it's insane. It's beautiful. But, um, so what, where did things go after you got out of the wallpaper business? Uh, things were kind of going south at that time. Second divorce came across. Um, I had started working for Jerry because, uh, my ex-husband put me into bankruptcy. Um, mm -hmm that's a long story and we really don't have enough time to go into it now, except for the fact that he was using all the credit cards that I was not aware of and read it up to the tune of $230,000. And, um, I had no choice. So I was wow. still Jerry, my husband now had took, he took the wallpaper under the umbrella of the chimney doctor. So I wouldn't lose that. And I started working for him, doing his books. Long story there. But um, eventually, something in your mind tells you it's time to get out. So yeah. I did, and I kept doing his books. Worked at the chimney doctor in the fireplace for some years. And during that time, I opened a limo service. So... <laughs> Took him out, took him on a limo ride for his birthday. Uh, that was on the weekend, went on Monday and got a limo. And so did that working in his business. I did that till I got so tired of the comment of my daddy wants to know how much your limo is. I heard it and I told the girl that was helping me book, you know, book the limo. I said, if we hear that one more time, I'm done. Next phone call. So I finished my runs. We were done. I, I I think I just got I I got lost there. So my daddy wants to know how much your limo is. These kids would call, you know, at graduation times, and it would be my daddy wants to know how much your limo is. My answer was, "Have your daddy call." Oh, gotcha. So just, just price shopping. That plus the alcoholics, the, you, if you can imagine what a limo can look like at the end of a night. I can't. Well, I can. I've, I've, I've been a few. Um, yeah, it's kind of, it I was can't. fun. It was fun to have one. Yeah. You could send it to when Jerry had clients come in for the shop, I could send the limo to the airport for them and they thought that was fun. So, so you worked for Jerry. Ken, you froze, sweetie. Uh, you froze. Are you there? I'm here. You froze. 
this daggone internet, we had some storms move through this morning that were brutal. Um, so, so you worked for Jerry. Is that what I, did I miss that? No, I worked for him a little while. And then okay. uh, we started, we were selling grills at that time. A lot of the big high end grills. Okay. And they, the influx of the beginning of the building grills came in. Yeah, Lynn, I agree, Lynn. But I mean, yeah. So we started building them in the lower level there at the at the chimney doctor. And okay. I came from construction, remember? So Jerry Jerry sold. I was over the construction. Yeah. We built them. We would take. We built them for quite a few several years there, and then one day we had a real good friend that was also one of our reps, he wanted, he told us he thought we had a business and it's like, our joke was, ain't nobody going to buy this stack of steel studs. So Ken offered us a position of putting one of the islands in one of his, the trade shows he was in, taking it down to, we took it to Florida, put it in the back of the truck, went down there and all the way down, Jerry, Ken and I were talking and I'm like, this is foolish, but Hey, it was a couple days off, but we got down there, put it up. And for three days straight, we had six to eight people in our booth all day long. I went home with a stack of cards. I have never lied so much in my life. As wow. The thing was, it was like, how much is the cost? And well, we didn't think we had a product, so we didn't have a cost. So we, we were just telling people, you know, the um, the pricing's not done yet. Our material's not done yet. Just give me a business card and I'll get in touch with you in a day or so when it's all put together. But that's how we started what at that time was called Islands by Design. Wow. The reason you would like, Ken, that it was called Islands by Design is because we were riding home. And Ken turned around to me and he looked at me. He said, well, now what do you think? I said, I be damn. I guess we do have a business. Wow. And so I took the I be damn, I be D and changed it into Islands by Design. That's awesome. And, and now, now it's moved on to outdoor living, outdoor, uh, IBD outdoor living. Outdoor rooms. So, so. And that's, you're still in that business. I've been doing that now 18, 18, 19 years. My goodness. Jerry's moved into full coaching in 2010. Yeah. And I bought, Jerry and I have a prenuptial. So I bought the business out 100%. And so he went into the coaching. I kept the IBD outdoor rooms going. And then I moved part of my time back into his coaching. Wow. So I wear a lot of hats. So you make a lot more money than Jerry does. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So <laughs> I don't make near what I used to make. Okay. Uh, I just love poking fun at Jerry. He's always messing with me. Um, so, so, um, and hopefully he laughed at that. But, uh, he didn't answer, so we're not sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so, um, so what, what now along the way you have also 
become a Ziggler certified legacy trainer, Zig Ziggler, right? Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Jerry said, Ken, it's in my course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure it is. Um, so the, um, and, and you're also a, a um, Zig Ziggler certified coach. I did that, number one, because I wanted to was the first thing. The second one, I, I wanted to, I've helped people all my life. That's what I did. I've raised parents since I was 12. My parents, Jerry's parents, his set parents, aunt and uncles. I became an empty nester at 62, believe that or not. You what? I became an empty nester at 62. Wow. So, but during those years, I, I, I'd helped so many people. I wanted to see what other people did to help people. And yeah. Sig was one of my favorite people. So I went and got my Zig, my certified legacy trainer. And then I moved on to a coach so I could use that within the realm of Jerry's business. Yeah. And then after that, um, I went and got my DISC as a behavioral analysis. I got my DISC assessor's certification and also my color code certification. I went as far in both of those as you can go. Wow. So now I, I hire people also for about 17, 15, 16, maybe 17 now chimney service companies. I do their hiring. And wow. uh, basically, we that's what I do. That's why I got a nice backyard. It's the only place I have time to go to. <laughs> yeah. So, which is uh, again, it's uh, it's unbelievable. Your 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 uh, your home is is just gorgeous in the backyard. Like I, I mean, <laughs> it's like something out of Better Homes and Gardens. But well, you know, I've got so one more step I'm going to start too here in a couple of weeks. What? Getting, getting ready with one of your students, Lynn. We are going to be doing a broadcast every week and hopefully with a lot of information to help men too, but directing more at the ladies. Yeah. Because we, I've, I've been through so much. She's been through so much and people need to hear it from people that have been there and done it. Yep. And so Amen. we're going to do that. So it's, it's, that's going to be fun. I am that's not in the realm of work. That's fun. But I guess that's what my fun is. So that's where we're going. <laughs> Look what my wife said about you. <laughs> <laughs> that, but you know, I, I, I was just getting ready to say, have you ever been called an overachiever? <laughs> like I love, I love like, okay. So you start out hanging wallpaper you you're you're you find yourself with a four-year-old and a four-week-old and 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 your husband decides he doesn't want to be a father and a, a husband anymore and leaves and you're literally sitting in the bathroom staring at the wall wondering what the heck am i going to do to feed these babies and 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 you decide to start hanging wallpaper and you, you literally blazed your own trail and you didn't let anything like even with your uncle telling you, this is crazy. You can't do this. And other people say, you're like, get out of my way. Remember, like, I come from the South. The answer yeah. is watch me hold my beer. Right. 
But right. that's what I had no choice. It was, well, I did. I could have lived on the government, but I, that's not me. And I, I have never understood why people sit back and do nothing. There's always something to do. If you can't get a job, make a job. And that's, that's one of the things that I've tried so much to help people to do, just to, to step out of the box. In fact, I'm not even sure I ever had a box. Right. So, but it's, I watch people get so wound around themselves that they can't reach out and do what it takes. And um, as Glenn and I had talked about the whispers, hearing the whispers, most people hear them. Very few people react on them. Yep. And there's so much out there in the world. If people will just open their eyes and look around, but they don't, they sit in their little box and whine. I really have never been a whiner. Yeah. I haven't had time. You know, you could, <clears throat> because a lot of, you know, this is all about breaking through, getting unstuck and, and all of that. I mean, you could have done what a lot of people do and, and gotten really stayed pissed off at your, your, your ex-husband walking out. You could have stayed angry and bitter. You could have. And, and that would have kept you stuck. And, and you, you chose a different route. You chose to, to rise above it and blaze your own trail. You know, I watch people so often, Ken, they talk about, I'm so afraid to fail. What, yeah. if, you do, what if you do fail? You get up and you go again. I mean, if you haven't failed at least once, you haven't tried anything. Amen. And I mean, have I have I done marvelous at everything I started? No, but those were just bumps in the road that was paying tuition for the next thing I did. Mm. And at the age I am now, um, my next fear is um, okay. There's definitely nobody going to hire anybody my age. So what's the next step? I mean, I've, I've written books. I've got those. Will I ever write more? Probably. But it's just, what's my next step? I think that's what bothers me as much as wondering why I'm doing too much is what am I going to do next? You know, um, I was just getting ready to say, I have every one of your books on a shelf back here behind me. Um, Y'all were so just, I mean, I, I, we were just in the area and I said, Hey, I want to stop and meet you guys. And, and you were just so gracious and, and gave us every single copy of, of each one of your books and Jerry's books. And, um, I, I haven't read them yet. <laughs> I'm just, I, I, I get a lot of books, a lot of books. Um, but you know, I, um, I think that it's unbelievable that you, at what point? So it was you decided to get the Ziegler certifications after you, you know, Jerry said, I need some. I, I don't know how that unfolded, but you got involved in Jerry's coaching business and helping the chimney sweeps across America. Um, 
how what made you decide i want to get a ziggler certification or get jerry uh, had, jerry had got his gettimer certification and his um i drew a blank here he had gotten his certifications and we had talked about um the the stamp for lack of a better word the fact that somebody that it's an acknowledgement that you put forth the effort to become and so Jerry's dad was getting, he was the last parent left. And he was, we knew that there wasn't going to be a whole lot of years left. And I, I actually went to Jerry and I said, I want, I want to go do this. And we had, we had talked about it prior. I said, I want to go do this, but I'd like to go now. Can you take care of your dad for a week? So we talked about it. I went ahead and signed up. I went. I knew that my time as a caretaker was getting very close to the end. And I wanted, I liked the taking care of people. Physically, I was about ready to move to something more verbal than physical. But I went, I went to the Ziegler one, especially because he was the person that I believed in the most to get my yeah. certification. I, Jerry, we had talked about me getting a John Maxwell like Jerry, but I wanted another one. And that's the one I wanted to go for. And that's what I did. Wow. It's that's, that's just incredible. Um, so, so what do you think, and, and I, I normally ask this towards the end, but, but I'm going to ask it now um, because I want to open up some dialogue about what, you know, Zig always said, you know, money ain't everything, but it ranks right up there with oxygen. <laughs> right. And, and, and I, and I love that because so many people are hung up on this, they think the Bible says you can't have money, you can't be rich, you can't, you know, and, and that's just not true. And, and so what do you think holds so many people back from real financial success and happiness, freedom in life? I mean, there's the majority of people in this world are financially not well a lot of it's just a mindset ken a lot of it was the way they were raised they don't um it's a lot there are some that want it but don't go get it but people get into a routine they at an early age they go into a job and they become a figment of that job and they're just a number they're what's there the fear of stepping out. What's going to happen if I step out of my comfort zone? Which that I think is the number one thing. People get comfortable. Not that they're making the amount of money they need or they have the position they need or anything like that. It's comfortable. There's no fear on the inside of that box. It's kind of like the saying, the grass is always greener on the other side. But many people assume that maybe that grass is tainted. And if they go to that side, it's not going to be that good. And it's not. The thing is, is fear, the, the inability to forward think. 
yeah they assume i spoke with a person just a couple days ago that i asked them what they wanted to do and they said well one day i want to do this and it's like why one day why not now well you know i'm, I'm just scared to do it mm. you're still going to be scared in five years it doesn't get any better. And as you know, times are not getting any better to do anything right now. So if you're going to do it, try it. Don't let go of your background and don't quit a job to, to take a job. I never, I was real lucky. I was, I call it luck. Maybe that's not the word. I was without a job before I got one. But I just, it, the thing is, it's just fear. People, the comfortable and the fear keeps 99% of the people. And then some people just don't want to work. They don't want to work. They want money. And they're always hurt looking for that golden egg. And you can go broke looking for a golden egg. You better just back up and make your own egg. You know, don't you think that, that people live in a, um, in a fear of, of what others might think if they try and fail. It's exactly what they do. They, they care too much what others think. In fact, I had somebody, you're going to like this. I had somebody not long ago ask me, they said, when you're, you're old enough, you can get by, you don't have to care anymore. They said, can you remember when you started not caring? I said, Somewhere around three. <laughs> That's I, I love having friends before I make this next statement. Okay. <laughs> but you know, I don't care if you like me or not. I don't. Right. As long as you respect me, I could care less if you like me. Right. Oh, I love that. Freaking love that. So, so, so how, okay. So if somebody is like, they want to, they want to start their own business. They want to, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm like you, I'm like either. I, I mean, I've, I've never had to like, I've never had a resume. I don't even know what that's like. I don't, um, I can't even imagine. I mean, if I had to go get a job, I'd, I'd just, call somebody and be like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to come work for you. Where's my desk? <laughs> like, I just, I, I would, I wouldn't, I don't, but like, what do you say to somebody that maybe has been at a job for 20 or 25 years and they, they are barely getting by and they, they want more out of life and, and they, um, you know, they're just paralyzed in, in the fear. I mean, we've all been paralyzed in fear. You know, but like, what would you, how do you get somebody to have that paradigm shift, that mindset shift? Is there anything you think you can, you can say or do to help some of these people? My first question is, what do you want to do? Because if there's no want there, you can't make it. Yeah. I can't convince you to go get, to start something you don't want to do. And like Jerry put in his statement, a lot of times you just have to be hungry. And that doesn't mean the stomach hungry, that you've got to be hungry in here yeah. to get something. 
without a little bit of drive, I can talk to people. I can nudge them in certain ways, but you can't make anybody do anything. I will help you get there, but I can't make you do it. Along the way, because, you know, hearing the, um, the Reader's Digest condensed version of your first 22 years in business, hanging wallpaper and driving a semi truck and um, which is just so awesome. But, you know, along the way, were there any challenges that like you were like, oh, God, I don't think we're going to get through this. There probably were, but I never thought about them. I really didn't. The only challenge I had was getting back off that truck one day to be with my kids. And the reason I drew I, the miles that I ran that I did was because I asked the, my dispatcher, which was a really great guy. I would put him up against anybody I know. I asked him, I said, if a woman walked in off the street and asked you for a job, what would it take? And he always called me baby. He said, baby, I couldn't put anybody on with less than 200,000 miles. And I wasn't there yet. And so I said, okay. He, I know he didn't think who I was talking about was myself because the day when I added my lungs up and I was where I needed to be, I added a couple extra thousands onto it to make it good. I walked back in and I told him, I said, hold your hand out. And this man, he really, really didn't have a hand. He had got him blown off. He was an electrician on wireline. Electrician. Wow. And he took the largest charge of anybody still living and it messed his hands up, but he held out what he had. And I laid my keys in his hands and I kissed him right here. And his exact words is, oh my God, that was you. He remembered that conversation. Wow. And that he called, he kept up with me for probably five years with always, if you ever want to come back, just come. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. You're, you're, um, I mean, you, you have a drive that, that, you know, I can remember when Jill and I opened our, our first office right after we met. Um, I remember, well, I, I don't know, six months or a year into it, had some employees and, and um, my one guy comes in to my office and says, hey, there's a dude looking in the windows of your SUV out in the parking lot. And I'm like, dude, you're bigger than I am. Tell him to get the hell out of here. And he says, I would, but he's got it blocked with his tow truck. And I was like, oh, God. I, and I, you know, you cannot talk a repo man out of taking your car. It doesn't work. <laughs> and, and so here I am in the parking lot of my office with all my employees standing around watching my car get repoed. And, and I remember in that moment thinking, life does not get any worse than this. This is, this is the bottom like this. And, and I, I mean, I didn't think about killing myself at that moment, but you know, in the last, you know, with, with the COVID and everything that happened, um, suicide rates went skyrocketed in this country and, and around the world. But 
Um, there are a lot of people still suffering from all of the, the lockdowns and everything else. And what do you say to someone who may be hanging on by a thread right now that they, they've, they feel like they've done everything they can do and they don't know which way is up. They don't know which direction they've lost all hope. What, what would you say to somebody with that's in, in that place that maybe they called you up and, and, and we're looking for some hope main thing you can say is I've been there. They want to talk and be honest. I can be honest about that. Um, yeah. I've been there. I know what it's like to see a vehicle pulled off. Yeah. Um, if I'm not going into this, but if anybody has read Jerry's book, Chaos to Reinvention, they will understand what we went through. And it is, yeah, did we see trucks pulled off? We did. We saw doors shut. We saw um, the fear of 19 people having to go on unemployment. We saw a lot of things go on in 2010 that, like you say, can bring you to your knees. But I don't think through all that I ever lost hope. And that's what somebody's got to have. And that's about all you can give them is a little bit of hope that when the page turns, a lot of times there's another chapter there and you can take that chapter and move on. I've, I've had to talk people out of suicide before. Mm. That's not an easy thing to do because you, even though you know how they're feeling, I can't say that at least once, maybe the thought went through my head, would it be easier? But right, right behind it was the trail. But what have you got to gain from it? I mean, yeah, you're going to make it easy for yourself, but what are you doing to all those people that you're leaving? Right. And that's what people have to think about in those times. They, they've got to get out of that selfish boot and look at what, what's out there that they may affect. So I just, I don't think I ever lost hope. The One of the hardest things to do was in January. That was to watch Jerry being pulled out of this driveway in an ambulance after mm. a heart attack. Yeah. And it was just, the, your first thought is, oh my God, what now? Your next thought is, it'll be okay. It would I have been okay if it had not ended well like it did? Maybe not okay, but I would have been good. I would yeah. have kept on going. And that's what you have to do. But yeah, are there thoughts? Am I such a cold hearted bitch that I don't have those <laughs> thoughts? No. I have mm -hmm. you just have to realize that. We're only all put here for certain amounts of days. You, I, you can't control mine. I can't control yours. And we're all, if we live long enough, we're all going to lose someone. Yeah. Or if we don't live enough, somebody we know is going to lose someone. Yeah. And I'm getting at an age that a lot of my, I'm 70. Okay. A lot of my friends have done past my couple weeks after Jerry's heart attack, my very best friend of 51 years 
passed away. Uh. And so you're seeing, I'm seeing people go, but then I know she's in a better place, literally, yeah. because I was with her the last little while. So you, you get up and I take that and I try to help you, or I try to help the guy down the street or the guy on the end of the phone or the woman, you take every, take all your adversities and I guess the way to put it is turn them into something good or at least good knowledge. That might not be a good position, but people like to know that you know things really. I hear people saying, I know how you feel. Oh, no, you don't. If you have not rode that boat. That's right. You got an idea, but you don't know. And so by doing all the stuff that I've done in my life, I do have the availability and people can read it in you when you're telling the truth. Yeah. So I don't have a hard time talking, talking to people. I know a lot about a little and a little about a lot. So I can pretty much talk to anybody. You're amazing. You're amazing. Your story's amazing. And I, how many books have you written now? Six. Six books. Where do you find the time? My Lord. You know, I, I love that. And I already, that's a rhetorical question. I know what your answer is. I make the time. You know, uh, you got to make the time. You got to, you know. And, and when I was at your house, you were busy then. <laughs> you you were popping in and out between, and I know you've got the, um, what is it is you've got a, a manufacturing plant or facility, don't you? I do. And that's for the islands, the outdoor kids stuff. Yeah. We build the housings. Uh, we don't do finished work. I build the housings for outdoor islands, fire pits, fireplaces, what anything outside, and then they are packaged and shipped all across the United States. But uh, and they're pre-cut. It's all you got to do is boat. We don't. They're not kits. They come in. I mean, my islands. You just slip ship out in eight or ten foot pieces, and you wow. bolt them together, and they're ready to finish. But um, we work with a man or a dealer network all over the United States. Wow. So impressive, Cheryl. And you built that from the ground up, literally. Jerry and I built, we started it from the ground up. That is so incredible. And you help chimney sweeps and you, but you're both writing books and you're doing live shows and podcasts and all kinds of stuff. It's, it's incredible. Well, it's incredible. We We've got another book coming out here shortly. Um, I actually have my mind map over here for another one. Actually, wow. it's the mind map for the first book that I was going to do. And I've got the feeling there's another chapter until I get my last chapter. I probably won't write it, but it's on raising parents. It's called The Juggler of People. Wow. And... I, when you see that one come out, it may be my last one. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say, put it out there. <clears throat> and I, Book written books are so easy to do now. They are. They're so easy. And if, if you've got a thought, several of the books are about um, 
one of them's called Will You Be There? It was Will You Be There for Your Parents or for People When It's Their Time is basically what it's based on. And that one just led to people being upset because they couldn't understand the diseases of people. So I wrote one on those. And then I wrote one on taking care of yourself while you're taking care of others. Mm. So it's a progression of things. Did did I sit down and write fiction? No, I've never. I, I will attest to this. <laughs> I don't think I have ever completed a fiction book. So you mean I, reading? Reading it. Yeah. I don't have, I never have, but I do like life type things and things that'll help. So that's what I do. And usually that's where the books would stem from somebody needing some help. And one of them didn't take but a couple of days and not many hours in a couple of days. You just sit down and start writing. It's true. I, I, I'm, I've, and I'm I'm grateful to have a chapter in in your your next book. It's amazing. You're amazing, and I am grateful to call you a friend. And you and Jerry, I love both of you. And 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 I'm um, I'm honored that you came on the show and 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 shared. You're 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 a rock star. And what is you know I should have asked you. I didn't. What's um, what is your website address if people want to check you out? What's the best one? Um, actually, I have two. One's on at cbcsuccessgroup.com, and well, actually, I have three. And then the other one's ibdodr, ibdamoutdoorroom.com, and then I actually have a cherylisenhower.com website. Is there one of them that they can find all of them? No, and you don't need to be that lazy. It's just three clicks and go. I know, but I can only put one scrolling banner up, Cheryl. I'm just it's CBC <laughs> Success Group. That that narrows you down. Everything in there comes back around to me eventually. <laughs> That's funny. Um, you said you don't need to be that. It's not about being lazy. I'm just trying to get get the get you the most bang for the buck. So, so all the Cheryl, emails jump into one mailbox. Okay. Okay. Well, listen, I appreciate you. I think you're amazing. And, um, anybody that's not, um, you know, following you on social and, and I mean, everybody needs to be following you and Jerry, y'all are just, you're good people, you're good country people. Now, Jerry's a city boy. Don't go there. I've been to your house. Y'all don't live in the city, okay? We are in the city limits. This you is are not in it's, what yes, city limits? The city of 15 Concord. people? Concord. <laughs> yeah, we actually, he, uh, this is the closest thing to country he's ever been in. So. Oh, my Lord. Well, it's, it's kind of far out there, but uh, anyway, so Cheryl, you're awesome. Thank you so much for being on here and sharing your story and, and thank you to everybody who's watched. And if you shared this out, thank you. And um, if you didn't share it out, you can still share it out. So Cheryl, thanks so much. You have an awesome day. Everybody have a great day and we will see you later. Stay with me. Don't hang up now. Hang, hang on. I'm going to end this though.